1: That Craig,
2: You never can. He sometimes just pops in out of the woods and he's just chilling, like sitting back in like a chair or maybe a tree, maybe even his his cave. And he's just like watching us. Or I suppose in this case, he's listening to us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he can't see us so good, but he can hear us. I mean, it's it's making him sound really creepy.
2: Sometimes like seeing is, excuse me, listening or sounding. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. I was just gonna make a thing of like seeing as believing, but if you can't see, then can you believe?
1: Well, with that kind of intro, you can definitely tell that this is not the greatest of all time episode. That was last week.
2: <laughs> that was last week. This <laughs> week is just episode twenty-four. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares uh, about that? Hey, what's up? This is growing up, I guess.
1: Oh my god! Hey, wait. Episode twenty-four.
2: Yeah. Has everyone been doing this
1: for six months?
2: Uh, yeah, I suppose if we do the math, that would be six, carry the one. Yeah, six months.
1: Holy, why aren't we rich yet?
2: (laughs) Oh, man, well, we don't have enough products to show, I suppose. We need more products to show.
1: Probably true. Uh, Uh, hey, this... This is, I guess, this is Growing Up, a uh, podcast by everyone for everyone. Well, by everyone. By us. I'm Sean. It's by
2: us, but it's for everyone, and it is an everything bagel podcast. So, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of other things thrown in. It is it's it is for everybody, so you were right about that, Sean. It's even for Craig, sitting in the tree over there.
1: Yeah, 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 Craig. And uh, he didn't take the bait, but he's, he's Joe.
2: <laughs> and... That's Sean. (laughs)
1: What's up, guys? Uh, Thanks for joining us for episode 24. Hopefully, uh, just real quick, you caught uh, the live stream we did with uh, the uh, Thrill Me! podcast network uh over the weekend for the royal rumble uh the event's obviously over but you can check out the throw me podcast network youtube and uh catch up on everything you missed if you, you can care to there's do so.
2: there's two parts on there over over three hours of content that you could sit and watch if you can call uh,
1: that content
2: <laughs> it is definitely content i mean what are you talking about like we're, we're sitting in chairs we're eating pizzas we're having drinks it's it's a great time like i don't i mean i had a couple of freak out moments so you know, it's a good time. Find out who became the first ever Throw Me Podcast Network champion. Yes. Head on over. Throw Me Podcast yeah. Network on the YouTube. And you can, we talked about shilling earlier at the top of this episode, you know, like three minutes ago. If you are, if you have a company, if you have a brand, mm-hmm.
3: if you mm-hmm. have things
2: that you want us to plug on air, we would love to do that. We will definitely be shills for your products. There's a whole bunch of ways that you can do that. Send us a DM, slide into our DMs on Instagram or Facebook. Yes, this is Growing Up Pod. Send us an email. Yes, this is Growing Up Pod at gmail.com. You could even head over to anchor.fm slash Growing Up Pod and leave us a voice message, which we have a couple of those, Sean. A couple people finally left a voice message for us to listen to. And That's that about is, time. <laughs> it's about time. It's only been six months. So, yeah. So thank you for those. We'll just do that for next week, because then we'll be together in, in the same spot. So Yeah, uh, and then we can so again, together. Yeah, and then maybe there'll be like 10 more for us to listen to. We can just make the whole show voice
1: messages. That would be fun, right?
2: Like a whole like, Q&A episode? That'd be a good time.
1: Maybe, listeners.
2: <laughs> maybe, listeners. If
1: you, lo- if you loved us, I'm just saying you would send us voice messages. And speaking of love, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up here soon. Ooh, uh, are are, are you a Valen, are you a valentines type dude
2: i mean listen it's kind of one of them things where you know i am definitely a hopeless romantic cuz obviously i am right, right, right. you know what i mean yeah so so yeah if if i'm with somebody then yeah sure let's let's do let's do the valentines thing you know what i mean whatever whatever it ends up being but eh, if i'm not if i'm not directly dating somebody then i don't really give a shit
1: Right. I'm not gonna. Uh, well, I'm not gonna
2: go out of my way to just have a date because it's Valentine's Day. Like,
1: eh. No, I get that. I can, you
2: can like, miss me on that. But if, people, I, if I'm with if I'm with somebody for sure, then yeah, we'll we'll do something special for Valentine's Day. It Doesn't necessarily mean like gonna go out to dinner. Maybe we, we'll be in at the house making a nice dinner. You know, having some wine, watching some trash TV or something. You know.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Um. That being said, uh, if I'm with somebody, It kind of, I defer to them. Because I, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't give a rat's ass about Valentine's Day. Yeah, um, I get that. To me, because, sorry to to me it's like... You. Go ahead.
2: Here's another here's, here's quick thing is, you know, I I fully believe in the whole thing of like, well, why are we only celebrating our love one day a year? Like, you know, you should you should be celebrating that all year round. You know what I mean? You should constantly be... Be showing love to your partner or whoever you're with, you know. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. And I mean, also Valentine's Day has just been a uh, a holiday, holiday, <laughs> a holiday, a holiday. A holiday that was uh, invented by the uh, patriarchy for uh, you know money and stuff. You know,
1: I was sorry, I was heard somebody say it was invented by Hallmark. <laughs> the, uh... I mean that too. Yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. You know what I mean. So,
1: um, but you know, my thing was always that I end up seeing a, a ton of posts from people who oh. My, you know, boyfriend, husband, whatever, significant other, partner, did this, and they're this, the best, and I love them so much. Meanwhile, the rest of the year, you can't pay them to pay attention to you. And <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, eh, like, why does there need to be this fabricated day for you to feel special? Like, if it if it takes it, it being scheduled and you being pressured by society into to valuing your spouse or your significant other, then you're doing it wrong. Um, well, now that being all, said, I don't begrudge anybody who actually enjoys the holiday. That's fine. And like uh, I said, I, would, I, Whatever, I always man. defer to who I'm dating. If if they like doing something for Valentine's Day, we'll do something for Valentine's Day. If they don't really dig Valentine's Day, then I'm like, all right, cool. Then we'll do nothing. You yeah, know what I mean, same uh, way. In
2: in the past, I've I've had a couple. I've had both sides of it with with somebody that I was dating. They were all about it, and I'm like, cool, yeah, let's let's rock and roll. And then you know, in another relationship, it was like, eh, I'm okay. I'm like. Cool, I'm I'm good too. Let's just chill. Go
1: I have a friend. I have a that. friend who. Uh, it's weird because it kind. I kind of get it, but at the same time, you're still kind of falling into the scheduled, you know, date stuff. They're like, now nah, we don't do the Valentine's thing. So what we do is we go out on on the thirteenth.
2: Oh, there you go.
1: And I'm oh, like, I mean, I get that, but you're still you're still doing it according to that calendar. Yeah, <laughs> you're still
2: you're still going on. But <laughs> see, here's the thing too: is Valentine's Day, I feel, was created purposely the way they set that up is because it's after football season ends so now you know you you can pay attention to your you pay attention to your, your significant other because you know you're not watching football every every sunday or worrying about what's what's happening uh, that upcoming week and especially if valentines day falls on a monday like you can't miss monday night football oh my god
1: well i mean yes and no but i think they scheduled football around it instead of the other way around because the first valentines what? day the first valentines day was in the year 496
2: Oh, obviously. Yeah. Okay.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, they, they had the old, uh, the old stone field back then where they just, you know, yeah, stone yeah, yeah, back and forth and hit each other naked. Well,
1: uh, according to a, uh, uh, survey released by the national retail Federation and proper insights and analytics about Valentine's day, more than half of consumers plan to celebrate and will spend on average about $192 and 80 cents. <laughs> Miss uh, me on that. <laughs> this is up from uh last year actually it's up a significant amount um people in the last couple of years like really since the pandemic started haven't spent that kind of money and I'm I, I think that goes slightly to not going out but I thought that maybe people would go overboard with gifts to make up for that you know sure. but I, that would I make sense wrong
2: yeah, I mean, um, I don't also, I mean, shoot, if you think about it, you know, so many people have lost, lost their jobs over the last couple of years and whatnot, or got yeah, laid off or not. furloughed and stuff too. So I could see why that's also gone down.
1: Right. Um, the group that is most likely to spend big money on Valentine's day, is right in our wheelhouse, baby. 35 to 44. Mm, okay. That's the age range. Right. Um, and they plan on spending an average of $335 and 71 cents. Mm.
2: Say that again. 335.
1: Yep, $335 and 71 cents.
2: <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah.
2: To- miss me on that. Miss me on uh, that. Also, uh, the, things uh,
1: we, the things we say we'll be buying are candy, greeting cards, flowers, and evening out jewelry, gift cards, and clothing.
2: No. Nah. Nope.
1: No, not, not your no. thing?
2: No, well, no, I'm not saying it's not necessarily my thing. I'm just saying, I mean, miss me on that this year miss me. I, I'm not well, going to, I
1: mean, I, you're not dating anybody right now. We're not in a, in a serious long-term monogamous yeah, relationship. Exactly.
2: With right no, no, yeah. And also, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm single, I'm single, baby. I'm, I'm all right. You all know, right. What, I'm going to, I'm going to take myself out is what I'm going to do. I'm going to treat Ooh. myself, Sean. And not only that, uh, we talked about this many episodes ago, but right. so Valentine's day is technically the championship game of cuffing season. So, if you if, you have, your, if you have your if you have your prospects right now, figure out who's going to be who's going to be your starting lineup, and then figure out who you're who you're taking to the big game. In in essence, uh, because it's the championship game. That's cuffing end of cuffing season. So
1: I get it, totally get it.
2: So this uh, year I'm going. I'm not even making the playoffs, and I'm cool with it. I'm not making the championship game, and I'm good. That's right. With you're, it.
1: Yeah, you're you're just like uh, I'm good with it. That's right. You're just like the Chargers. Uh, yeah yeah something like that yeah yeah just so you know it's the first team that came to mind that didn't go to the playoffs in any event uh i'm looking at uh, some stuff here they are strange gifts (laughs) for valentine's day
2: give it Um, to me it can't be any worse than er stories
1: i am gonna uh, i'm gonna send this to you real quick uh so that you can get a quick glimpse of this and then i'll explain what it is because now that you, since you are in this chat, I can actually send this to you so you can actually visually see what I'm saying.
2: Oh, hey, look at that. We love technology, don't we?
1: We do love technology.
2: Even though we talked about it last week. Um, okay, yeah. there's there's undies. All right,
1: cool. They're undies. Yeah, they're boxes. What they are is underwear with QR codes that link to sexy music playlists.
2: <laughs> that's great. All right.
1: That's great. Right. I think that's kind of fun. That's that uh, is fun.
2: That's fun. Yeah. For
1: for the romantic moviegoer in your life, this is an option as well. Uh, you may be familiar with the movie Titanic, right? Of course. Ah, well, how about an inflatable for the pool that looks just like the door that she wouldn't let him on?
2: Oh, that is that is a fun, fun gag gift, yeah. I might get yeah. that for uh Zach and Brooke, maybe.
1: That's actually not a bad idea. Not I think that's a they, bad idea. Good time with that. I'll gift I'm gonna um, gift this- that to them. This one, I need you to look at both pieces of it real quick, okay? You see the young lady holding these two items?
2: Yeah, it looks like one. <laughs> one looks like a razor, and one looks like a possibly a a, a, a a toy, if you will, an adult toy.
1: You are correct. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, those Thrill are, by the way, that noise you heard <laughs> was Thrill Me Podcast. Not knowing oh, he heard us doing. talking about him. Well, he can hear the the chimes. I think because he's in this chat channel every time uh, we do. Why well, send you one of these pictures? I think he gets notified.
2: Oh wow! Okay. But uh, yeah, it's
1: a combination razor and vibrator, which to me just sounds like one What's a combination. From, yeah, it comes oh, apart. Oh, I mean, yeah, I I think that's part of the problem.
2: That uh, that sounds dangerous.
1: It does.
2: That sounds really dangerous. But who? It does. What did you just send me, Sean? <laughs>
1: So that's a new game that you can play with your friends.
0: Uh, <laughs> Holy! And
1: it is Jesus. I am. I am not. I am not joking. You. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to have to go back and bleep part of this for the yeah. audience. It is the come face dual pump action penis game. Dude,
2: our okay. I think the, the name of it explains it all of what the the goal of this game
1: is yeah, you ever seen Hunger, Hunger Hippos? Well, point them the other way. And <laughs> Holy
2: crap, dude. That's got to be like uh, for like a bachelorette party, right? It's got oh, yeah. to be aimed towards that. But that is funny. It's very, oh my gosh. I might I love it. I might have to compile this of these pictures into the post when when I put it on, on the socials.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's not a bad idea, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I'll finally send this. you this one because who doesn't love cheese and meat? The charcuterie tray.
2: Oh yeah, it's a dicutery board.
1: <laughs> yeah, charcuterie in the shape of a giant wiener. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you. I'll send you the link to this if you just want to post the. Uh, the yeah,
2: definitely send me that link because I feel like the general public or our, our audience, you guys, need to see these photos because.
1: And there's well, more. Those are just the select few I chose to share. There's th- there's uh, 37
2: of them, actually.
1: Yeah, there's 37. So I just didn't want to go through all 37 while we were doing this. Um, I just picked out some of the more fun ones. In any event, oh my gosh. So yeah, Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't know if the gifts are that fun, sure, but otherwise, I'm kind of a miss me with that kind of person.
2: Yeah, exactly. You can, you can. Well, I don't know that. Uh, that I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna make a reference to the uh, to the Hungry Hungry Hippos type game, but I'm just kidding. Uh, but that's funny. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I you heard how I cracked up? Like that's,
1: I'm surprised. It yeah, hundred percent. I'm,
2: I'm surprised it took this long, honestly, to create. A adult game like that, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, n- no, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. I can't believe it took that long. In all honesty, I'm like, man, we need one of those at a Thrill Me uh, 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 event.
2: Oh, you know what? I kind of want to challenge Rob to that game, so I, I yeah. am the number one contender yeah. oh, for the man, Thrill yeah. Me Podcast Network championship. I kind of want to challenge that's him right. to that. Uh,
1: I kind of love that.
2: Because <laughs> it would be hilarious, you know what I mean? For Thrill Me Podcast Network. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's great. In any event,
1: that's, a, so, that's pretty uh,
2: good. That's good. That's awesome.
1: This week's episode is a little bit different because we're going to take our musical break, and Joe's going to give you the info about that in just one moment. Uh, but this week we've got well, another episode. damn. You screwed my
2: segue, you. Sean. They weren't supposed to know that that was coming.
1: Well, would we know that what was coming? Music? Like we do every week?
2: Music! Yeah, we do every week. It's a surprise. But yeah, uh, sorry. Go ahead. You're right.
1: I, I was just saying that uh, I'm going right. to uh, duck out, uh, and Joe is going to take over, and he's got an interview for you where he's going to talk to somebody that he knows, uh, a by, friend of his. My
2: longtime who, friend, Miss Jackie
1: who is, Crow. Who has worked very hard to get to where they are, and uh, Joe's going to talk to them about that journey. Uh, but first, Joe, why don't you tell us who we're going to be listening to today?
2: Sean... Damn it! You... What? I had a really what? good I had a really good segue, and now well, everybody everybody just, just knows just that quit. it's coming. Now everybody just knows that it's yeah. coming. Now. I
1: mean, well, fine then. You know, <laughs> do, stall Edited, and then do it edit, when you're ready.
2: Edit this out. I want this bleep to. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that.
1: <laughs> One do long that next, bleep it's, it's until you intro the song.
2: No, it's fine. But uh, so, like I said, yeah, I'll be interviewing. Uh, I've known her for ten. Almost over 10 years, uh, we actually worked together back uh, in early training days. I actually hired her, so I've known her for for a long time. Uh, She's badass. She's a business owner. She's a mom. She's been a coach and trainer for over 10 years. She was a walk-on at Marymount University playing basketball for all four years. So this this woman is a badass. So I'm so glad to be able to uh, get her on the show. And she's a listener, too. So it's kind of, oh. kind of pretty uh, pretty cool for that as well.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, so well, she th- that'll be a lot of fun.
2: And she's, uh, like I said, she's definitely a real friend. But, Sean, have you ever had any fake friends? The you know, ones that are just I, oh, condescending and, and they are just uh, get on your nerves and they're just real fake to your... They're real to your face, but fake behind your
1: back? Well, yeah, but none of us really talk to Ron anymore.
2: That's good. That's really good. Uh, I mean, actually, it's not good. I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. But uh, the song today is also your New Year pop punk anthem for fake friends. It is from Keep Your Secrets. The song is called Fake, and their EP is going to be dropping February 24th called It's All Good. It's going to be available on all streaming platforms. Sean, this song, Fake. Ooh, I heard this. You know what's really cool about the analytics? I was just happened to be on the Instagram and this band just happened to pop up on Instagram showing the video for fake. And I was like, oh, I need this in my life, number one. Number two, I was like, I need to get them on this show because people need to hear this. Sean, hey. You work at a place that that does does a thing with that does stuff. Do you guys serve uh, cold? <laughs> do you guys, I didn't want to say the name of it. Do you guys serve? I work
1: cold, at a Starbucks part time. It's fine.
2: Okay, all right. Do you guys serve cold brew there? We do
1: serve cold brew.
2: That's great because keep your secrets is cold brew core, baby. Keep your secrets banned on all socials. Again, they are DC pop punk cold brew core. This song fake is definitely easy core. So if you're a fan of that, which I am, you're going to love this song. And, Sean, this Saturday, February 4th, they're playing at Garden Grove Brewing, 3445 West Cary Street in Richmond, Virginia. Ooh! If you want to go, come with me, because I'm definitely going, because this show is going to slap. They are going to be playing with Weatherworn and High Wind. It is a free 21-plus show that begins at 8 p.m. Again, that's Garden Grove Brewing, thirty four 45 West Cary street in Richmond, Virginia. And then they also have another show February 11th at DC nine club in Washington, DC. They will be playing an opening set for breezy Supreme. And like I said, their EP it's all good. is going to drop February 24th featuring this song that we're going to play today for you called fake. Ooh, it gives me the warm, warm, warm fuzzies. Cause I've listened to this song easily 300 times in the last, I don't know, two months. So, <laughs> So today, again, it's Keep Your Secrets, you can follow Keep Your Secrets Band, that's the name uh, of, of their socials, Keep Your Secrets Band, on all their socials, again, Keep Your Secrets, the song is fake, Sean, you know what to do, we need to play it loud, you need to play it proud, and you need to play it out. Welcome back to I Guess This Is Growing Up. You just heard Fake by Keep Your Secrets. And if you loved that song as much as I do... You can see their cold brew core live this Saturday, February 4th, 2023 at Garden Grove Brewing, located at 3445 West Cary Street in Richmond, Virginia. They are going to be playing with Weatherworn and High Wind. That show is a free 21 plus show, and it begins at 8 p.m. So head on over there if you're in the area or if you want to take a road trip. And also, if you want to take another road trip or if you're in the D.C. area, On February 11th, you can see them at DC9 Club in Washington, D.C. They are going to be playing an opening set for Breezy Supreme, and that show is going to begin promptly at 7.30. So if you're headed to DC9 Club in Washington, D.C., make sure you get there early as Keep Your Secrets will play right at 7.30, so you don't want to be late for that. Again, the song you heard today was fake, and that song is the single off of their new EP, It's All Good, and that's going to be dropping February 24th on all streaming platforms. So head over to Keep Your Secrets Band on all their social medias for more information on the upcoming shows, as well as their YouTube, and everyone's favorite thing, merch! Merch! Because we love that merch. And thanks again to Keep Your Secrets for letting us play fake today. And I'm looking forward to jamming out with you guys Saturday at Garden Grove Brewing. Now, I'd like to welcome in our guest on the show today. And I have had the privilege to know her for almost 10 years at this point. She is a coach and a personal trainer for over the last 10 years. She's a business owner, a new mom, and just an overall badass human. Welcome to, I guess, is Growing Up, Jackie Crow.
3: Hi, I'm so excited.
2: And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out a little bit because you were nervous uh, before coming out <laughs> here. But don't but don't be nervous. It's totally cool. Like we're just chilling. Like I said. So um, yeah, I mean, welcome to your first podcast. And this is just our really our second interview. I mean it's just me cuz Sean's not here today. But um so we're excited for that too because we're you know we're trying to uh to interview the world and stuff. So you're like one of you're the first solo guest cuz we had we demand parachutes on a couple weeks ago as as a group and so you're the first solo guest. So um you know thank you for that.
3: I feel so privileged. You should. <laughs> you should
2: feel super privileged. Like you're you're a badass like I said. Um I mean to just to, to well, let's see let's put a put in put a pin in your badassness for one second because <laughs> I was just thinking about that like we've known each other for almost ten years at this point, isn't that wild?
3: Yeah, I was thinking about that too, and I actually, I was just thinking about how you came to my wedding too, you came all the way to Texas for my wedding, so
2: I sure did I damn right, I did. I wouldn't miss <laughs> that, yeah, it was a good time, wasn't it? It sure was a good time. I mean, shoot, that was already <laughs> that too was like what three, four years ago wasn't it?
3: it was like five and a half years ago we just celebrated like fifth, yeah fifth wedding anniversary in september so
2: wow time, flies. I, I I thought know, time just, flies I thought it was just like the other day dude like but and five no. years ago yeah i guess that makes sense it was 27 yeah 2017 so that makes sense yeah wow time time flies dude that's crazy well
3: it's it's funny too because well a couple of my friends are husbands Still talk about it like it was yesterday, like (laughs) yeah. I mean,
2: (laughs) well, I still remember being at Table Seven, and Table Seven rules. So, so (laughs) you can't you can't go wrong with Table Seven. You know what I mean? Uh, But so, uh, one of the first things I want to touch on about your badassness is walking on. You went to Marymount University, and you (laughs) walked on to the basketball team, and you played four years there. Like, tell me about that. Like, I mean, did you? I guess did you expect that you were going to walk on? You were just like I'm going to give this a try or how did that go?
3: No. So it's a kind of a funny story. So my first 2 years of college, um the basketball coach was also the athletic director. Um and he so I had no expectations of playing. I just went to school to go to school and I was working an on-campus job for the athletic department, so I was um sort of like a manager for the soccer team. Okay. And I was just sitting there on the sideline one day and coach Coach Finney was his name. Um and he came up to me and he was like, hey, you look like you play basketball. And I was like, yeah, I played. And he was like, you want to try out for the team? And so I was kind of like, <laughs> Yeah, sure. Like, why yeah, not? Sure. So
2: what am I what am I doing? I'm just going to college. <laughs> yeah. No big deal.
3: So I I did some like preseason workouts and stuff like that with the team. And um You know, he told me, like, we'll see how you do in the first few days of the season, but like, we can't guarantee anything. So I was like, well, that's fine because like, I'm not expecting anything anyway. I didn't
2: like, I don't even want to be here anyway. So, whatever, (laughs) dude,
3: buzz Um, off. (laughs) So, anyway, the first workout we ever did was on the track, and then the second workout, or the second day of practice was like actually on the court, and after that, he asked me if I wanted to play, and I said, "All right." And so that's just kind of how it happened. But yeah, I got discovered on the bench working for the soccer team.
2: I mean, there you go. Like that's a uh, that's like a <laughs> yeah. uh, a poetic type of story, right? Like just uh, yeah, I wasn't. Well, I, it's definitely awesome of of your again a, a, ability to jump on there. I also I got to say, kind of calling him out a little not not him, but just I guess the team maybe in general like dang did you guys not have any other good athletes on the team like
3: no they did they They did okay yeah it just okay good
2: okay
3: i don't know i guess he just was like she looks like she plays basketball (laughs)
2: okay so so i got you so it was was more of just like oh i'm just always got my eyes open like oh that's an athlete right there i want them on my team
3: oh yeah i think he was like it was like his 27th year, my freshman year. So, oh, I got you. Um, All right. So, he's he
2: has a he has a history of just finding athletes and, and getting them on his squad. Yeah. I feel you. Okay. I'm yeah. with it. I'm with it. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, so, I guess with that, did you how many years did you play basketball growing up as a kid then?
3: Yeah. I, oh, gosh. I've played since I can remember. Okay. Um, Probably like first grade or something. We used to just do like basketball camps and everything. And then the boys' high school basketball coach Um, used to run a camp every summer and I used to go to basketball camp every summer and I did like sleepover basketball camps and I played AAU and I played the Bay State games which is like uh, almost I guess like the best way to describe it is like the Massachusetts Olympics you could try out for different sports and they have it every year or whatever, you can play different sports. So I pretty much did all of that. So oh, that's
2: awesome. That's a pretty cool deal. We didn't really, I mean, other than hockey <laughs> in Minnesota, that's how we, I mean, maybe there is other things now. And there's definitely like AAU stuff for sure, but I was never involved in any of that. So that's awesome. That's pretty, pretty sweet. So yeah. I guess you'd say you were pretty much always active as a kid, then playing basketball, doing camps, all that stuff.
3: Oh yeah. Basketball. I played soccer up until like eighth grade. Um, and then once I got into high school, it was like cross country basketball, um, basketball in the winter, cross country in the fall, s- track in the spring. And then I would play basketball summer with AAU as well. So,
2: so you definitely didn't have any time as a kid to be sitting on your phone or a tablet playing video games is what you're saying.
3: Joe. You know, why you gotta make me? Why you gotta make me tell everyone how old I am? We didn't have cell phones until I was like in high school. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> me, me too, Jax. Like, they, it's it, this is this is why this podcast is called. I guess this is growing up because we're we're all of age, uh, way way past of age now. At this point, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, no, I bring it up because since last week we had the conversation about what did we kind of do? But what did we do before technology? So uh, obviously, in your case, was playing sports. You're always in sports all the time.
3: Yeah, playing sports. And I grew up with three brothers. So we were always running around outside. Um, We would ride our bikes down the street. We would walk all over town, like walk up to the center of town. And yeah, pretty much just,
2: I don't know, I guess you had, yeah, you
3: were like, there was nothing else to do, but to be active. So.
2: And I think that, well, so was, would you call your town that you grew up in a small town?
3: yeah i think it was probably like 18 19,000 people so okay. so it was, yeah it was a pretty small town but it was massachusetts too so it's like small town next to small town next to small town so we right. kind of it, it would be you could kind of consider it like the suburbs of boston um sure. probably about 30 minutes south of boston so but yeah, yeah it, was, it was a pretty small town i gotcha, graduated yeah. high school with what 140 maybe 145 oh
2: wow it was, so I was going to make a correlation to just like growing up in a small town like you essentially there isn't necessarily things to outright do. So you just essentially we use our imaginations and just go figure it out. And essentially we end up running around doing something or hiking or a trail, biking, whatever the case, like a small town, yeah. like you just kind of make your own fun type of a thing.
3: Yeah, we would go to the mall, that was about it. The mall and yeah. the movie theater and
2: then... there, Yeah, that's classic small town uh yeah, the park. I mean,
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: That's uh, a I park. mean and kind of wild. I actually graduated I think with more people than you did and I expected that you were in a bigger city than I was, but I think I graduated with like 170 maybe something like that, but anyway, yeah. that's that's kind of crazy too. So, uh, okay. So you went to, like I said, Marymount university, you, you got a bachelor's in health science and then pre PT, correct?
3: Yeah. So basically like the track I took was all the, uh, prerequisites you would need to, um, go to physical therapy school after. Gotcha.
2: And I guess what was, what was the, so that was your initial motivation then was to be a PT, I take it. (laughs) Yeah. And then kind of what what kind of changed your changed your mind, kind of changed your motivation of not going to PT school?
3: Um, honestly, mostly because it was expensive. Sure. Um, I think that if I felt like it was more accessible, like financially that I probably would have just gone back right away. But, um, I didn't, and my husband's still trying to convince me to go. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, I'm not that old, but you could get a, education at any age anyway so that's true yeah, um, but that definitely could but yeah but that was definitely probably the biggest the biggest factors sure. i was like i don't really feel like paying for it right now
2: yeah well even that i mean that's a whole other conversation of like how far of into debt would you like to go to yeah. you know, to to essentially uh live a dream right how far in debt do you want to go what are you willing to sacrifice how much how yeah. much debt would you like to go into
0: mhm
2: uh, so i guess from there is that when you started like, well, maybe I'll be a personal trainer or coach instead? Or what was your, I guess, motivation after you decided that maybe PT school isn't for me?
3: Um. Well, when I was in school, I remember a couple of the classes I took, like one of them in particular was um, like programming and mm. that kind of stuff. And I just I really, really liked that that class. And my professor at the time helped people kind of get going with their personal training certifications and stuff like that. So um, I think when I graduated, I was like, I'm just going to because everything we did was based on ACSM guidelines mm-hmm. anyway. So right. when I graduated, I was like, well, I can just take the test because I've based, like I basically have you, the education. Yeah, you studied
2: way. it for however long already.
3: Yeah. So I just kind of brushed up and took it and passed and then I just started looking for a job as a personal trainer because it seemed to be a pretty close second to what um, what I studied in school. And then I also did an internship as well at like a private personal training studio and I quite enjoyed it. So
2: do you think because obviously, you know, being that we're both personal trainers, do you feel that that internship with just being so hands on, like helped kind of, I guess, solidify the material more than just reading it in a book. Does that make sense?
3: Um, Yeah, I think it was more, it more just gave me like practical experience of Mm. what, what it would be like to put that education into like a practical setting because i remember taking my acsm test and there was like a few questions on there that i was like i've literally never heard of this stuff in my life and it's never (laughs) applied it has never applied i don't i still don't know the answers after what almost going on 11 years of being a, a certified personal trainer through acsm so it was more like it just put it into the practical perspective versus what you you know you study so
2: yeah, just reading reading it in a book, and you know, but that was, I mean, essentially, I did kind of the same. I, I had all mine self paced, and then you know, I didn't. Yeah, I knew I knew a lot of information, but never actually had the in person experience. So I've always said that I I should have done some type of, uh, of um, blah. Why am I losing my train of thought? Internship, uh, so I could have actually had some hands-on experience before I just jumped into the, jumped into the water, but uh, you know, it, it ended up working out in the long run. So it's all good. Yeah. But th- I think that's, that's cool that uh, you had the ability to have that internship. So what would you say, I guess, if you were to put like the word of or, a word or a couple words of your motivation initially to, to be a trainer, like why, why be a trainer? Why did you want to be a trainer?
3: Oh, that's a good question.
2: Oh, thanks. I, thought I, about it. I, I think, think, think about it myself there's... all the time. <laughs>
3: I think it was just, like, at the time, uh, it was something that I could do, and I was passionate about, about like, fitness and wellness, because that's what I had been studying, and so it just kind of made sense for me to continue to do that kind of work, and then I became a personal trainer, and I feel like most people don't really stick with it very long, but... True. Um, Yeah. True. But I don't know. It just, I think I just kind of started doing it because that's what I had education in and that's what I could get a job doing. And then it kind of just snowballed from there, I guess.
2: No. Yeah. That, that that totally makes sense. Um, I mean, you, again, you already spent all that time in college, essentially studying it. So you already had the background. It it does make sense. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I do that? Maybe I'll go be a firefighter after this. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. what what am I doing with all my time? Let me just go be an accountant, maybe. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, so yeah. I'm gonna kind of jump jump forward a little bit because uh, now you uh, live in live in the great state of Texas and you've been yeah. doing your own business for a minute now, what has kind of been, I guess I would say, the transition from working for somebody else to working for yourself now?
3: Um. The well, biggest transition, so,
2: I guess, would be a better question.
3: That's a good question, too. Just having to do all the work yourself is probably the biggest transition. But yeah. so I was working at a local place here in Corpus Christi, and, um, in 2020, obviously, COVID pandemic hit and the gym ended up closing. And so I was like, you know what? I talked to my husband and we decided I would just buy a bunch of equipment and start training people in home because I already had all those clients and their local gym was closed and they had nowhere to go and I didn't have a job anymore. So it seemed perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so the transition was was I don't want to say easy, but it was easier because I already had leads and clients that I started out with right away. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't completely, yeah, I wasn't completely starting from scratch. So, um, it worked out really well because I had a handful of clients that wanted to continue training and, um, Especially with COVID, doing it in home was super convenient. It was just so convenient for people. They didn't even want to go. There was another gym down the street, like a big box gym, but people literally didn't want to have to like cross the highway to get over there. So (laughs) working out at home was way easier for them. And then I ended up getting like really pretty busy just from referrals from the clients I was already training. So um, but yeah, the the biggest transition is working for yourself because you don't have anyone else to deal with all the, administrative stuff right. and collecting payments and yeah. getting leads and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, got, you know. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, this show isn't about me right now. It's all about you. But yes, I, I totally uh, understand what you're saying for sure. But what's cool about you know, if if we can find a silver lining, right, with what 2020 was is uh, in your case, you know, in, of course, in my case, too. But in your case that we're talking about, you know, these people already know you, which is great. So you didn't have to essentially, you know, like like a proving thing of like, okay, well I know the, the world is falling apart right now, but you know, I'm, I'm really good at what I do and you're, you're in safe hands, number one, and it's a safe environment. You're not going to get, you know, all that stuff. So, um, that's kind of the silver lining of having that, where you went from, you know, a gym, even though it was a private gym, but you went to, it's just, you now. like, I, I feel like that was a time in 2020 where a lot of people latched on that. Like, yeah, I, w- I don't want to be in a big box gym. I just want to be somewhere private where, I don't have to worry about anybody else close to me.
3: Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, most of those people were still coming to the gym anyway. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, that big of a deal for most of them, but um, yeah, it it was was tough, but it was like, you're saying, it was a little bit easier too, because those people already knew me. And um, the gym actually closed like, my boss came in one day and was like, Hey, by the way, at the end of the day, we're closed for good. Like yeah, nobody, I remember really, <laughs> like literally like nobody had any warning. It was just like, Oh, you're out of a job. Um, yeah, I so remember, you, te- I remember
2: make... you texted me that I was like, what? <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. That nice. Thanks for the heads yeah. up. Preesh.
3: Yeah. F- yeah. For real, for real. Although I, I'll admit, I feel like it made it easier with clients because it was just like, Hey, we're closing. Like that's it. Um, and we, we dealt with, you know, what we could deal with in terms of letting everyone know and getting money refunded and stuff like that. But um I think it did help a little bit because we didn't have to deal with, like, all the nonsense in between. But it did make it easier for me because it was like, hey, the gym's closed also. And everyone was like, well, what are you going to do? And if if you remember at that time, too, it was kind of hard to get a lot of gym equipment oh, because yeah. everybody was doing the at-home thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, impossible. Near impossible.
3: Yeah. Um, but, uh, my old boss had a relationship with one of the local gym companies here and I was able to get a, a set of dumbbells and pick up a few things from the gym too. Um, so basically I was like, Hey, the gym's closing and everyone's like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, once I get my hands on equipment, I'll just come train you at home if that's what you want to do. And so it was, uh, it was a little bit easier because everyone was kind of in the right position for me to be able to do that too. So hell
2: yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, again, silver lining, It you all know, it all worked out like, it, like it was going to, you know, yeah. so, uh, that hustler mindset, you know I mean? We can't be stopped. Can't stop. Won't stop.
3: Well, and it's funny that you say that because you know, this happened on a Friday and we all showed up on Monday to do our administrative stuff and kind of like, uh, do all the last minute things. And, I remember we're like, hey, so are you going to sell the gym equipment then? And a couple of my coworkers are like, we just barely closed. Like, why are you already trying to buy equipment and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Like, let us kind of take a breath and i was like bro no. like i don't know what you guys are gonna do but like i need to make money and have a job so yeah. my wheels were already you know turning right away
0: yeah that's so nuts. i was like
3: um i'm sorry i don't have time to sit around and like wallow in pity right. <laughs>
2: like yeah, guys, i'm gonna i
3: already have a plan yeah
2: i'm gonna sink or swim on my own and i damn sure i'm gonna swim i don't know about you but i'm gonna swim like <laughs> yeah i'm gonna figure it out so you can you, you must... know
3: Hustling right away. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, cool. Well that that ended. Let's uh let's go. You know what I mean? Be, um and I think so again, I do not want to make this about me, but that relates because uh I got fired from a certain gym in twenty seventeen, uh July of twenty seventeen. And I had been thinking about for a long time, like I'm gonna I need to start my own gym. I wanna start my own gym. Uh, maybe it's not the time. And then I got fired from said gym and I was like, All right, cool, guess it's time to start my own gym. So uh it
0: is the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's
2: things things like that uh are 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 perfect things to take a leap you know what i mean and you essentially you, yeah. you were able to take that leap and again thankfully you had the opportunity to, to snag some equipment too so um and talking about uh crow health and wellness so you do you've been doing one-on-ones you're doing group training you do nutrition stuff and i really want to talk about the online challenges what was the i guess the the hardest part of developing your online challenge that you've done so you've done two now correct
3: yeah, I've done a couple, two or three. Um, I've had, you know, a few people here and there. Uh, it's just hard. I think what's hard for me is that I'm so used to working in person and I like to work in person. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that's just my personality and it's just kind of the way I work. Um, I feel like... M- I mean, I don't know. I I guess I'm a good trainer, but I feel like one of my my like biggest strengths is building those relationships with clients and educating clients. So even if my programming isn't the best, I still feel like I can build a good relationship with clients. And so the hardest thing is like trying to do that online, especially yeah. because there's just so many choices for people. And, so
2: and just the energy too. Like you you could honestly, you could you could, and I'm not saying you. But I feel like you could not even necessarily truly have great programming, like workouts, whatever. Maybe they don't even make sense. But if you have a great energy and essentially provide a great customer service, people are still going to come back to you because you're in person exactly. and you have that yeah. energy. And, you know, you however however you do it, maybe like, I don't know. That oh, doesn't necessarily make sense why they're having me do 37 uh, chest exercises in a row, but whatever. I love that this person was great, you know, whatever the case. It's, it's kind of one of those things, yeah. of the in person energy.
3: Yeah. And then so trying to like translate that to online has been probably my biggest challenge. Um, and then so one of the things I started doing was I I made a Facebook group because I was kind of posting on social media and I kind of hate it. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> I, did, I just feel like I could put my energy better somewhere else. So I created a Facebook group for women um, who want to know more about fitness, especially things pertaining specifically to women. Um, And I feel like it's been pretty successful so far, just because that's kind of, I guess that's kind of my personality is to be able to I guess it's my way of like translating my in-person personality to a specific group. So I share a lot of like education and I just started emailing out different resources, like free guides and resources and things like that, because it's so hard these days to find good, reliable information. Um, And that's just what I want to be able to provide people with. And then my hope is eventually they'll turn to me for services as well. So.
2: No, yeah, and you've, yeah, you've been, uh, I just saw, you just sent out a free, I forget what the guide is, but I just saw that, or the guide is coming, which one, I know I just saw it though.
3: Yes, it was, I did a, a, I called it beginner's guide to fat loss, so it talks about like energy expenditure and how that works, like the breakdown of energy expenditure, the role of fat in the body, how we burn fat, um, like the the myth of spot reduction and scientific evidence behind that. And then strategies for fat loss, um, like calorie deficit, getting a good sleep, that kind of stuff. So, Oh, even if you're not interested in fat loss, it's a, I think it's a good educational guide because it talks about like how, how we expend energy and how your body works. So I don't think a lot of people know that.
2: Yeah, and that's you know again. There's in an in an industry that is just about essentially sex appeal um, and how little of clothes that you can wear uh, and do some random shit Mm -hmm. and make a video of it. um, You know, it's (laughs) actually. uh, It's. I mean, to me, that's what I've also been trying to do is put out just information that people don't really know things about uh and speaking of the content you've put out um crow underscore health underscore wellness on the instagrams uh is that the same on facebook too or is it just mostly for instagram
3: it's just for Instagram. Okay.
2: But I was going to mention, uh, you've put out recently uh, things that you, what what you should know about and insert things. So like vitamins, vitamin A, what you should know about fats, carbs, protein. So that's the kind of content that yeah. you've been putting out recently. Uh, again, crow underscore health underscore wellness. So yeah, you're definitely definitely a one stop shop for uh, quality information. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm I was always happy and, and pr- proud essentially to be like that's that's my girl. Go Jax, get after it.
3: We're fighting the good fight. <laughs> fight we're the fighting good.
2: the good fight. We're we're trying to take over uh, with actually good information out here uh, in this fitness industry. So since we're kind of on that, uh, do you have some uh, like to bust some common myths? Women and working out, whatever it is. Do you have Do you have a couple favorites that you'd like to to bust? Because most of our a lot of our listeners are women, and they'd probably love to hear from another woman.
3: Oh, good, good question. Um, well, I'll start because this was a topic I just uh, touched on in the fat loss guide: is uh, spot reducing fat. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, if you come across like a trainer, a coach who says do this ab exercise to flatten your belly or do this tricep exercise to burn arm fat or whatever. That's a huge red flag. Um, I mean, there's been all these studies done that show that spot reduction of fat, um, isn't, isn't the thing. Is it really, is it really a thing? Yeah. Uh, and there's multiple studies. Um, like one of the ones I referenced, they did a study where they trained, the untrained leg on leg press. So single leg leg press over the course of 12 weeks where they trained one leg and they didn't train the other leg. Um, And the results were that most of the subjects lost total overall body fat in particular in their arms and their belly, but there was no change in body fat in their legs. So if spot reduction were truly a thing, then you would see one leg that had less much less body fat than the other leg like, if that makes sense. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Um and and, bec- and because I like to uh, give, because I like to educate people and give all the information, um I did reference a study too where they there are some studies that show spot lipolysis is a thing, so they suggest that your body is going to um break down body fat in muscle or in areas closer to the working muscle. Um, but just because you might break down fat closer to the working muscle doesn't mean that it's going to make a change in your body fat right in that area. So. So, for all the people who might say that and be like, "No, it is real because I read a study," that's what that study means.
2: Yeah, so. exactly. And you know, a lot of that, of course, we can—not we, not necessarily we—but we as an industry uh, essentially can just throw things out that sound really cool because generally, most people aren't going to backcheck that or do the research to, to, to find a study. Uh, and of course. We can, we could, if you looked hard enough, you could find a study for just about anything to prove and disprove whatever you're trying to talk about. But of course, with reliable resources, it does take a little bit of like, oh man, there's so much research to do. But like you said, I I totally agree if, um, you know, it's like a a red flag. If you hear somebody saying that, like,
3: "Mm, are you sure about that? Yep. But and that's the hard thing too. And you just you hit the nail on the head. I was gonna say the same thing. You can find a study to, uh, you can find a study for anything, like to to prove exactly. or evidence of anything. But it doesn't mean that it's a good study, or it could be the one in a million that found a different
0: Dif- outcome. Yeah, something happened. Yeah. Be-
3: it could be like a shitty method? It could be like a totally shitty method, or the study could be done by someone who has uh who has interest in in those outcomes and stuff so that that's also part of the issue is that um not only do people not want to do the research, but people who do want to do the research don't necessarily know how to sift through that information as well, so that's definitely. That's definitely part of the problem too. So
2: and I, I feel like you probably have this same approach too. Something that I, I mean, man, I have this conversation all the time because you know I have, I have a client ask me, "Hey, what's the best thing for this? What's what's this? What's that? Whatever the case." And usually, I always go to the answer of like, "Well, whatever it is, you know, A is going to equal A and B is going to equal C here." But at the end of the day, we have to put it into into trial. It's almost a trial and error process because not everything is going to work for every single body we have to figure out right. what's going to work the best for you here's our science and we're going to take that approach to it and put it into play and we're going to see how that goes over the course of a couple weeks a couple months and we're going to we're going to adjust the approach as we're going like mm, no that doesn't seem to be working great for you so why don't we dial it back here or there that kind of thing so it's kind of almost a while we have the science that's what's so great i think about uh in health science exercise science biomechanics like man we have all this information but we still have to try it out isn't that cool and and frustrating all at the same time yeah
3: (laughs) yes um and and to your point too it's Uh, The fitness industry, especially in my opinion with the rise of social media, does a great job of speaking in absolutes. And usually those absolutes are some sort of um, outrageous claim. So lose 20 pounds in a month or whatever the case may be. Um, And people want to believe that because they want the quick fix and they want what they want and they want it now. and most people in this industry are out to sell programs, sell supplements and make money um, sort of by, in my opinion, man- manipulating people into believing that. Um, and it's tough. It's tough because you get these people who believe that and then they come to see you and they're disappointed when they haven't gotten the results right away. So in, in a short a time, that too. we've got a too, uh, right? Yep.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it's
3: always those, those instant results, the fastest way. And people don't realize that it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't usually work like that. So.
2: I agree. And so we, we kind of touched on the top of the show. Uh, you are a new mom and I'm curious. And I think a lot of people are curious how has, if you kind of want to take us through, I guess, the journey of early on during your pregnancy, during pregnancy, Post-pregnancy, like how how that affected your body, how that changed your your workouts, how that just kind of changed everything. If you just kind of want to go on a on a on a long spiel of how that how that (laughs) affected you, how pregnancy affected you.
3: Yeah, um, I would have loved you know when we my husband and I started trying to get pregnant, I was like I'm gonna have a fit pregnancy, I'm gonna work out, I'm gonna do all the things, and then I got pregnant and I was so miserable. Mm. Like I had the first trimester I had such bad fatigue. I was sleeping probably 14 to 16 hours a day because I just was so tired. Um I would sleep 10 to 12 hours at night and then I would lay down for a nap. And I remember a few times Nathan would come in wake me up. He'd be like, babe, you've been sleeping for like three hours and I'm like, so what? I'm exhausted. Like leave me alone. Um so fatigue I had nausea that I needed to take medication to help control for the first six months which Mm -hmm. usually it kind of subsides after your first trimester Um, I didn't have much of an appetite for those first six months Um, so so early on it was like even when I did feel well enough to go out for a walk I didn't feel that good while I was walking if that makes sense one time I was just walking the dog around the block we went maybe a half mile and I got across the street and I was like, I need to hurry home because I felt like I was going to pass out. Mm. um, Right right off
2: the bat, you got kicked in the ass is
0: what you're saying.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I was training some clients and it was a group of moms and I was like, man, I just hadn't been feeling well. And I had just taken a pregnancy test like the day before because I I pretty much knew I was pregnant, but then I started feeling sick and then I really wasn't feeling good. And I was like, yeah, just – I'm just not feeling that good today, and they were like, "Are you pregnant?" And I was like, "Yes, I'm pregnant." And they were like, "We <laughs> knew it," you know, because their moms are like, "We can tell." We and they kind of like could tell before I did because the aura. I guess I had been yeah, and I guess I had been complaining that I was really tired recently, um, and then. Like, I missed my period completely. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. And they were like, we knew it. You've been complaining. You're tired. And I was like, yeah, I guess I have, you know,
2: <laughs> we, we knew um, it the whole time. You, you had a you had a glow about you and you just didn't know about yeah. it.
3: Yeah. OK, listen, the glow. Let me tell you about the glow. The glow was me trying not to sweat and puke. That's all the glow was. That's all the glow was.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's just like um, a, a classic case of, uh, you know, like give, delivering a uh, public speech uh, to like a thousand people. That's exactly the same correlation, right? Public, spe- public pretty, speech, speaking and being pregnant, right?
3: Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Um, so So that was rough. You know, of course, like physically, I felt terrible. And then about six months, six and a half months to seven months. I remember I had two weeks where I was like going to the gym, I was working out, my energy was better, my appetite came back. I had two weeks where like I felt good. And then going into my third trimester, I started to get really, really fatigued again. And I talked to my doctor about it and they ran tests, and she was like, Everything's fine, your blood, you know, blood work's fine, hormones are fine, thyroid's fine. And I was like, dude, like I'm so tired. Um and I also ended up with um, high blood pressure, so pregnancy-induced high blood pressure. So I actually ended up on bed rest for the last like six weeks of my pregnancy. Oh my gosh! And I, yeah, and I have never cried so much in my life because I felt useless. But
2: well, especially but, especially uh, for how active you've always been too. I can I can only imagine.
3: Yeah. yeah, like can't even go out and take walks and stuff. Like I wasn't even supposed to be doing housework you know, doing work around the house, like sweeping the floor and stuff like that. So, so I got, I ended up being induced around 37 weeks. Um, I spent two and a half days in the hospital for my induction. And then I put, tried to push Lucas out for like two and a half hours. And that was miserable. And I finally got to the point where I was like, he's not coming out. And I was sobbing and I'm pretty sure Nathan started crying because I was sobbing. Like I was losing my shit. Yeah. And the nurse came in and what, yeah, the nurse came in and was like, Well, the doctor doesn't want to give you a C-section because I had told her, like, I really don't want to have a C-section unless like it's a last resort. And she didn't want to give me one either. But they uh they came in when I was like trying to push and they looked at me and they were like, Yeah, he's not coming out. So like I was pushing and his head would come out and as soon as I stopped pushing, he would just go right back in. Oh my god. So Yeah, god. so two and a half Two and a half hours of that, and I ended up having a C-section, and he had a really bad cone head from trying trunch- to push. I mean, my doctor's <laughs> delivered like seven thousand babies, and she was like, "Look at his cone head!" I was like, "Oh my god!" He was just trying
2: to get out, trying out, man. He was baby. trying to get out. Yeah.
3: Um, and then the recovery was really rough. I mean, besides for the fact that they cut through like seven layers of your abdomen okay. to to get the baby out, um, she said, like. Because of the induction and stuff like that, my uterus was really inflamed. So um, I spent another couple of days in the hospital and came home. And besides for trying to just to heal from birth, um, trying to heal from the C-section was really rough. Like, I couldn't lay on my back at all for almost two months. I couldn't do breathing exercises comfortably for like two months. Um, so, um all in all, it was like not a good time. But um clearly,
2: yeah, I you mean, know, but I- seriously, like you and every single woman on this planet who's ever been pregnant or given birth, like, dude, I, they're all badasses. Like seriously, I, I mean, yeah. myself included, I'd be like, nah, I'm good, I'm checking out. So, uh, y- y'all are badasses for real.
3: And some women have none of that. Um, sure. some women have none of that I had a client who early on was training three days a week like seven thirty in the morning and she had no no morning sickness like no uh almost no fatigue and stuff like that and she felt great she looked great she barely gained any weight and I mean I put on about well here's the other thing too is I didn't know this until after I had Lucas but I'm I was like suffering from prenatal depression in my Mm. third trimester as well, which nobody talks about or nobody tells you about. And I didn't even know that was like a thing that existed. um,
2: Yeah, I didn't. Until obviously, I didn't know that was a thing either.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Me either. But I felt so like mentally felt so much better after I gave birth that when I started thinking about it, I was like, something had to have been wrong. So I started doing research. On, like depression during pregnancy and it was like all the symptoms like afterwards too, my husband told me that I was like crazy irritable like extremely irritable and I remember like feeling angry a lot and I thought I was just miserable because I was pregnant but then when you like go back and look at it between that I had like lack of motivation and interest I didn't want to cook I didn't want to basically get up off the couch oh. I didn't want to do pretty much anything Um. And the you know, the irritability and things like that too. And the fatigue was another one. So fatigue's a symptom as well. And according to my doctor, nothing was wrong, but um I was tired all the time. So And hard
2: to test for, for all mental those... things, you know, things that are going on in yeah. our head, you know.
3: Yeah, and that she never you know, she never asked any of that stuff. So um so you know, that added to that added to like how the birth turned out and everything, because uh, a couple of days before I was supposed to get induced, she was like, "Oh, your blood pressure actually looks really good. Like we can wait." And I was like, "Nah, I'm done. Like I'm done. Over being this. pregnant. Like just <laughs> I'm get, over it. This. get it out of me." Yeah, but in retrospect, it definitely affected how how um, you know the birth turned out and everything. So, um, but I also was, you know, I was I was trying to like keep it together and after he was born i felt better like trying to work out and trying to be consistent trying to eat well um we don't have any family close so that's definitely made it harder not having um not having that extra support of people who can help um and then nathan was in and out of town a lot um he's been that way you know since lucas was born like the day he got off of his family leave he went to the border for like a week or whatever it was um, so you put all those things together and I thought I was just like struggling being like a mom without help. a lot of help. Yes. And then one day he was like, you're moody all the time. You're irritable. He was like, you're acting like you were acting when you were pregnant. So maybe you have postpartum depression. And so I started talking to a therapist and everything, and then ended up being diagnosed with postpartum depression in the beginning of November. And one of the other things that people don't talk about is that postpartum depression can set in any time in, like, the first year. So I think people assume that, like, it's something that comes on right away, but not for everybody. So for me, it was coming on probably, like, seven, eight months after I had Lucas. And then I didn't get diagnosed until, you know, almost a year. Mm -hmm. And then I also just started treatment um, as well at the beginning of January, like, taking medication, too. So all of that stuff has made a huge difference and um i was just talking to my therapist about it cuz i was saying that the one of the hardest things is like i just i felt like i wasn't able to do things and i thought it was just because i was a new mom and i didn't know what i was doing and i was struggling but a lot of it was just like my mental state of like the depression was making me feel incapable of doing sure. uh, any, anything
2: i can, I can understand that for sure. Do you think, obviously, you know, the pre or the, the during pregnancy, again, nobody's, I've never heard about that having, you know, depression during, I I have heard about postpartum, uh, depression. Do you think it'd be, I, I don't know, like to open it up to where it'd be more, more of a thing where a new mom, whether you like you, you find out you're pregnant and like, Hey, we should start talking about, just go into therapy as you're, you're pregnant. This is something new. It's a life-changing thing. Definitely after the fact, like kind of what's your, what's your take on that?
3: I think that every woman who becomes pregnant and, or, you know, has a baby, you go to the OBGYN, but I think that the standard of care should be mental health. Professional, seeing a mental health professional and also like pelvic floor PT or pelvic health physical therapy as well. Like, for whatever reason, that's not a standard of care right. here. And it should be standard of care for everyone. Cause, like I said, if I had known, like, if I had known when I was pregnant that I wasn't like fully We're, mentally. Yeah, you weren't,
2: you weren't, 100%, all there, you weren't 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I wasn't. Yeah and i thought i wasn't 100% cuz i was pregnant i mean which was true but if i had known that then i think like the birth would have turned out differently and you know things would have would have been different so yeah i mean but yeah it should be it should be a standard of care i mean even with even if you have like great support and stuff like that coming to mom's like such a huge transition it's
2: life-changing whether you uh don't have any support or if you have all the support in the world but it's still a life-changing event like you you're in charge of a human yeah. now so it's you know that's uh that's a big thing to to try to deal with i mean shoot just going to therapy to talk about your own uh things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis now you're caring for a human life too so that's that's a lot yeah yeah i Yep. We've said a lot on this show that, you know, just mental health in general should be more uh, not only accessible, but it should be more of a thing that we talk about. But definitely now hearing your story. And of course, I knew some of this because we're friends and we, we've talked, of course, about it. But, um, you know, definitely for new moms. Um, yeah. I mean, let's get out there and let's talk about our mental health like there. You know what I mean? It should be more accessible for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of want to jump back to kind of the, the, the fitness thing. If you could pick three movements to do to, to get in. What do we wouldn't even put the, I wanted to say the, the blanket statement like the fitness industry does the best shape of your life. Just these three exercises. <laughs> And that's, that's funny, of course. Uh, But just like, what would be your top three movements that you, we're going to say it as what you love to do that you couldn't have in your pro that you couldn't, couldn't not, that you could not. (laughs) Why am I having such trouble saying this? Three (laughs) movements that you have to have in your programming. (laughs) There we go, Joe.
3: Okay. All right. Okay. Good question. Um, Number one, for sure. Glute bridges or hip thrusts because glute, you know, First of all, everybody wants to have nice glutes. Yeah. I don't know anyone who wants a pancake, butt, you know but I really, anyway.
2: You know what I really want, Jackie? Uh, I want you to start trading me and I really just want the <laughs> flattest butt possible. Can you make that <laughs> happen for me? Sure. <laughs> um, don't do shit.
3: Because first of all, most people want them because they look good, but also because it's just so important for your strength and stability. And gonna you know, throw the new mom thing out there. That's it's a huge, it's a huge um Part of fitness postpartum fitness as well being able to be stable and carry your kid and all that stuff take that that Um, pressure
2: off your back
3: oh yeah um number two probably i'm gonna have to go with like deep core strengthening because it's something that's so overlooked everyone wants to do like crunches and get a six pack Mm -hmm. but that deep core is what's gonna give you that like corset effect. It's gonna give you a flat belly. Again, not everybody cares about the way they look, or you know, want a six pack. What I mean, but it's super important for back pain and hip pain, and for making your belly flatter. And again, postpartum, it's so important. It's such an important movement that's completely and totally overlooked. For sure. So I'm gonna have to. Go
2: to add to that too, yeah. like you know, even. Even if you see a six pack, everybody out in the world that's listening to this, even if you see a six pack does not actually necessarily mean that that person has a strong core, uh, which what what yeah, they have a strong what you can see the the external uh, co- core stabilizers for sure. But what's happening internally would be a mess in there. And if you I don't know, drop a I don't know drop a human out of a, out of a window and they're trying to catch him, You might tear something cause it's not as strong. You know?
3: <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I'll go with that. And then, uh, I mean, there's so many good ones, but I'm going to go with like some face pulls go. because I feel like posture is important. Face pulls are great for your upper back for, um, helping if you have upper back or neck pain and for your posture and for stability, so I'm going to go with those. Those would be my three.
2: And Jax, that's why we're friends, because we we, we, think, <laughs> we think on the same level for sure. No, that's awesome. Uh, re- real quick, kind of uh, wrapping up a little bit here, kind of rapid fire. What is your favorite uh, thing off your meal prep game that you've made recently?
3: Ooh, okay. Recently, I've been doing this like creamy sesame chicken mm. with um, – like stir fry rice noodles so stir fry rice noodles chicken got some soy sauce sesame seeds sesame oil and a little bit of sriracha and then a little bit of cream cheese that's the secret ingredient cream cheese mixed in with the the rice noodles and it's i've been doing it with um frozen veggies either uh walmart has a great sugar snap sugar snap pea stir fry mix or uh, broccoli, water, chestnut, carrot mix. So that's been the jam. Nice.
2: And uh, I, something that brought to my mind, I, you always used to make this buff chick something or other, and I'm trying to remember what it was.
0: Oh
3: my gosh. Oh, I don't make know. buffalo I, chicken made everything. So many
2: buffalo <laughs> chicken everything. I know, <laughs> buffalo chicken everything. Like,
3: What kind of question is that? Right. If it has buffalo chicken, I have probably count had. Count me it. in, yeah, <laughs> count me
2: in for that. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you were ever given?
3: Oh, I don't know. Hmm. I would really have to think about that. I have no idea. Okay, Let's
2: put a pin in that and we'll come back to it. What is something, what is something that you would tell? I'm going to say this as something you would tell your younger self, but not like if I was talking to younger Joe, like, Hey, don't do a backflip because you're probably going to break your neck. Don't do that. But just in general, like a, a younger version of yourself, what is something that you would tell the younger version of yourself?
3: Mm -hmm. um i mean i like what i do but honestly if i could tell a younger version of myself something i would say to go to school and get a degree that's actually gonna get me a job (laughs) it still still turned out okay for you 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 know yeah yeah yeah. no it has but like my degree was more like a prerequisite for another degree so either either get something that i can work with or go back to school right away that's what I would tell my younger self. Oh,
2: I get that, uh, or even um, you know, uh, I guess the degree—not necessarily in health science, but exercise science or uh, biomechanics or something like that—would have would have played played better for yeah. what, what you do now. But uh, but even to that point, like you ended up getting uh, the it was through NASM, right? The corrective exercise specialist. So like yeah. you kind of yep. essentially, well, that's a not a degree thing, but it's a certification too. So you kind of did. You already had the prereq- prereqs for that, so um, you know I, I'd say that yeah. that plays plays in the same same ballpark there.
3: Mm-hmm. And also, I'm working on a, a certified pre and postnatal coach as there well. It is so pretty. Jazzed that was about
2: a that. segue uh, since you have all the experience in that, or you have experience in that, I should say. Um, so that's that's awesome. Glad to hear that. Uh, so let's let's come back to our pin. So maybe not necessarily the best if it's if you can't think of the best advice you were ever giving. 'Cause you gotta wreck your brain for it. What is the piece of advice that you would give to not only our generation, uh, of of women especially, but to younger younger women?
3: Ooh, that's a good one too. What do you think um
2: think here. Mm, mm, mm. It could be fitness related, it could be it could be uh, life man. related.
0: Anything.
3: Um I think, hmm, I would probably just tell. I don't know. Probably just tell women to like, just do it. Just like be badass. Learn to be independent and take care of yourself. Oh yeah, that's probably what I would Hell tell yeah. people.
0: I'm...
3: I mean, I, I mean, I got a husband, but like, <laughs> I can take care of my. I can take care of myself if I need to. You know. I Can't mean, he's me.
2: gone. He's he's gone a lot anyway because he's he's working hard. So.
3: Yeah, I will. And I was saying too, you know, I used to work two jobs to when I lived in Arlington, Virginia, I used to work two jobs to pay rent and, and do what I wanted to do. And, man, that those were some good days, though, because I had, I could do well, this was like a little bit before my husband, but I could do what I want when yeah. I wanted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you did. With who I wanted. And it was just like, it was just a good time. It it was just really great to have that independence and not be, you know, not have to rely on anyone else. And then also just be able to like, do what, like I said, do what you want when you want without having to answer to anybody. So.
2: Oh yeah. I support that. Yes, girl. Yes. Yeah.
3: And uh, also you can get yourself a good husband too. That's
2: cool. You can (laughs) still do that too. It's fine because you are choosing to get a good husband
3: yes i mean i i tell him sometimes i'm like i mean i don't need
2: it's just that i want you around that's all (laughs) yeah i want you around uh Awesome. Well, thank you, Jackie, for uh, coming on the podcast today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this down. And then if you have anything else that you want to plug, you, you can. Uh, but like I said, crow underscore health underscore wellness on the Instagram for some great information, whether you're a man or a woman. Like it's, it fits for everybody because it's, it's quality information about the body and how it works. Uh, crowhealthandwellness.com. Uh, you are centered around women's fitness, right? But do you also train men sometimes or you have in the past?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, yes, I do. And I have. It's just, I would say probably 95% of my clients over the last 10 years have been women. So I have trained, I've trained men, but I think that um, women basically just deserve better information. Um, Like we talked, like we talked a little bit. Yeah. We talked a little earlier about the impact of social media. And I think it's a, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. But I think um, women are over marketed too when it comes to, you know skinny teas yeah. and exactly. and diet pills and and stuff to make you sweat and waist trainers oh. but they're seriously <laughs> underserved in the fitness you know i won't get you started <laughs> but they're seriously underserved in the fitness market so um if i can make it my life's goal to help women learn more about themselves through through my business then that's really what i'm after so yes i do train men and all that she stuff, will but listen um, but like, ladies it's all about well.
2: the women's it's all about the women's well, about the women's.
0: yeah
2: uh, so is. again crow health dot if you live in the corpus christi area you can get one-on-one you can get small group uh you can go see jackie uh in person if you're in the corpus christi area uh also uh do you yep. have another online challenge coming up soon i know one just ended correct
3: um What's it's still it's still in progress it'll yeah it'll be done okay. at the end of february um i might but i'll let but i'll let you stay, know when stay i tuned, decide stay tuned that. for that but, Yes. Stay tuned. But if you want to go to uh, the website, crowhealthandwellness.com, there's a tab for guides and resources. If you click on that, you can sign up to receive emails and I'm sending out guides and resources that cover all different aspects of fitness. So meals and meal prep, habit, habit change. We just did the fat loss one. Um, But if you're interested in learning a little bit more of the science behind your body and fitness that's where uh, it's and at and then,
2: of course you touch on nutrition so you do nutrition counseling as well so that is an option as well yeah. uh and online online stuff it's all it's all available as well Crowhealthandwellness.com, and wellness.com and i will put all of that in the show notes so if you can't remember all these things i know we're talking kind of fast and you can't write it down it'll just be in the show notes you can just drop down it'll be all there that you can uh find jackie so again uh it's been great to have you on uh, again our first solo interview. So, uh thank you again for for being the badass that you are and here's to another uh 10 years of friendship.
3: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me and making me sound probably cool. No, so
2: you're definitely cool as hell, jacks Definitely cool <laughs> as hell. So, thank you again and we'll uh we'll talk to we'll I'll talk to you later and we'll uh talk to the rest of you. All next week, Sean will be back. Hopefully, we'll be in the studio is the plan. Uh so again, stay tuned for that. Again, thank you to keep your secrets. For their song, Fake, today, it's going to be off of their brand new EP, It's All Good, releasing February the 24th. And if you want to see them live in person, that cold brew core, this Saturday, February 4th, at the Garden Grove Brewing, 3445 West Cary Street in Richmond, Virginia, February 11th at DC9 Club in Washington, D.C. And again, that EP drops February the 24th. You can find all that information and more on all their socials. Keep your secrets banned. And again, thank you again to Jackie Crow for joining us today. This has been another episode of I Guess This Is Growing Up.